Hello again, and welcome to the Loathsome Things podcast. I am Josh, and with me is my also host, uh, if I said I was the host, maybe. Uh, also, John is here. Hello, John. <laughs> the also host is here. Yes. And also uh, host. Yeah, ready to talk some movie. Yes. John, what movie are we talking today? Today we're talking about the 2021 uh, first feature film uh, by a director named Devereaux Milburn. Two uh, last names. Yeah. That's and uh, the film is called Honeydew. And uh, Honeydew is a, gosh, what is it? A Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Hansel and Gretel. Whoa, spoilers. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a crazy movie. It is. It is a completely outrageously nutso crazy movie. Um, and we both have strong feelings about it. Yeah. And to be a little uh, spoiler light, it's uh, good. You should go watch it. It's fun. Go into it with a, a strong stomach because there are some parts that are ways about stuff. Yeah. But uh, it's not gory, actually. No, not particularly. Yeah, it's just strong implications. There's a scene, if you ever watched the movie Hard Candy, mm -hmm. if that ever gave you the queasies, this movie will also give you the queasies. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, as always, go watch the movie first before you listen, because, of course, we're going to talk all about it. And uh, come back and join us, and uh, we're going to have some fun talking about it. Yep, it's going to be real good. So go do that, and then come back and... Now we've seen you've seen the movie and we're talking about it. Welcome back. We yeah. hope you enjoyed the movie. Uh, I enjoyed Holy it. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's no, I enjoyed it too. I I, uh, <laughs> I sent you the message as soon as I finished it for the first time. That movie wrecked my shit. <laughs> yeah. It's uh yeah, as, as I had kind of spoiled, it's a it's a mishmash of like kind of Texas Chainsaw Massacre with kind of a Hansel and Gretel type thing. Um, yep. there's elements of Tusk, the, uh, Kevin Smith film. Oh my God. I didn't even think about Tusk. It's got that kind of, there's just some, some overall weirdness, uh, a lot of overall weirdness. Yep. Uh, yep. Lena Dunham is in it. <laughs> Lena Dunham, which I, I don't, I know that she is, but I like didn't recognize her visually yeah. and, and didn't care emotionally, but it's cool that she's in it, I guess, or whatever. Yeah. I, she, she took me out of it a little bit. Uh, I, I thought her performance was, was, I mean, not that she had to do much, but she still, I didn't like her in it very much personally. Well, I mean, as much as they, as much as this movie is uh, introducing Steven Spielberg's son movie or a Lena Dunham guest star movie, this movie is really a Barbara Kingsley destroys everything else movie. Yeah, she just completely owns the entire film from start to finish. Yeah, yeah, and I'd never heard of her. I don't think I've ever seen her in anything else. But she just, just swallowed the entire scenery of this film. Oh man, she's she's fantastic. Yeah. At, at this, yeah. maybe she's terrible at everything else. <laughs> yeah, could be. But, maybe but she, she really is an insane old lady. Yeah, yeah, she was born for this role, possibly. Yeah. So that, and so you mentioned you touched on the other, the other thing that will probably get people's attention, which is that this is, I believe, the first uh, major role for Steven Spielberg's son, Sawyer Spielberg. Yeah, Scrimshaw Spielberg. Yeah, squeeze yeah. cheese, fancy pants. <laughs> 
yeah, that guy that has a huge role in this movie and is so important to the plot. Yeah, I, I, who would have ever thought that Steven Spielberg would have a ginger son? <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't expecting that. Yeah, most of his important role in this movie is reading lines for a different role in something else. <laughs> that sounds really bad. Yeah, <laughs> and doing the lazy half of sex. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, so wow. yeah, it's uh, it's bonkers. Oh yeah, no, it's it's all the way out there. It's uh, not uh, oddly enough, like thematically, uh, I guess it's not the most original idea but at the same time it's a horror film so who fucking cares and it's an original take on the ideas that it's borrowing from and uh a lot of the a lot of the critics that i read did not like it they found it to be some sort of art house mishmash that didn't really have any substance i don't think that's really fair um it's it's highly stylized i agree yeah but there's a story there and you know, it's not it's not just weirdness for the sake of weirdness. I think the weirdness is there to kind of create a feel, a kind of a mood. Yeah, yeah. There's a definite message of the movie. I mean, several messages, I would say. And I, I think for me, one of the one of the things that made this movie a little bit difficult to enjoy was the the soundtrack, which is great, mm-hmm. but it is so much its own thing from the rest of the movie that it takes you out of it. But I think part of that is that they like part of what they were getting at is that we're supposed to doubt our senses because when the soundtrack really gets going is when characters are listening for things and they're like, Hey, what was that sound? What did I hear? And so as the character is listening for something in another room, we're hearing a bunch of soundtrack nonsense. (laughs) Yeah. Lots of breathing, strange vocalizations. Uh, yeah, someone will not stop sharpening a knife. <laughs> yeah, apparently uh, they hired a, a a composer to do that, and that was kind of his his idea was to you know put it heavy on the kind of odd vocalizations, very breathy, almost like panting or chanting type sounds. And um, yep. uh, I guess if it's something you don't like, then you're in trouble because it's all over the movie. I I put the note at times approaches a Morricone by way of Carpenter, but mostly it's stomp by way of Philip Gale. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. (laughs) Jesus. Deep cut. (laughs) It is so, it's a strange one. It's, uh, but it's a lot of fun. So it is. Yeah. So I guess we should talk about how it goes. Yeah. Um, it starts off with a little girl who I found out is Lena Dunham doing her voice like a little girl. Oh, uh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, little girl quoting 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and 2 Timothy chapter 3 be, uh, with some some uh, honor the Lord with your body type stuff. It's, yeah. uh, and it's just like kind of going over and over and she's eating the whole time she's reciting this stuff. So it's like intermingled Bible quotes with like lip smacking and like trying to say words around a whole mouthful of meat. Yeah. Um, and I put the note in here that uh, this little girl is a student of the Nate from Intersect School of Ketchup. <laughs> yes. <laughs> when in doubt use more ketchup yeah she has a plate that it, it looks like it's it's a, a fried egg and a steak or something and just 
all of the ketchup. Yeah, it was pretty pretty horrendous looking. Yeah. <laughs> Steak, blood, and eggs. Yeah. <laughs> Super gross. Yeah. And every so everything in this house is just gritty and disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. While the girl is uh uh reciting the Bible, she's reciting it into a tape recorder while her grandmother or mother or whatever is actively <laughs> grinding grains at the table into <laughs> flour. Yeah. Yeah. And then we uh and then quickly after that, we are uh, introduced to our uh, main characters. Well, we're cu- it cuts to a funeral. Yeah, there's, and, a, there's uh, a funeral. We see someone singing. Yeah, like a lady. Uh, you know, everybody's in black, of course. And there's this lady all in black, veiled. Her attention is caught by uh, this guy that kind of pulls up in the distance. And he gets out of his truck or car. I think it's truck. Anyways, it's like this big, huge guy in like hunter garb with a yep. one of those like over the what do they call them i forget over the head mask like over the whole face serious hunter man very serious hunter man in brand new clothes yeah <laughs> everything like, on that guy was brand new yeah he just told his wife that he's thinking about getting into hunting and he went for a shop yeah yeah <laughs> either that or the wardrobe people you know didn't think to maybe make the stuff look like he'd worn it more than once i like my version yours is more interesting <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah so he 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 pulls up and gets out and immediately gets the attention of this this veiled lady we see him shoot his gun like he's he's off in the distance at somewhere at this point and uh he shoots his gun and then we see him cleaning or what I, I dissecting i don't know what the fuck he's doing he, he's got this animal pelt and he's just digging around inside of it it's <laughs> like blood all over and it's just yeah she's it's like, he's uh he's got a heavy hand yeah he's it's like it's like there's one last chip in the bottom of the bag and he's just not able to get it out of there <laughs> he's got his wiener stuck in the pringles can <laughs> whoa <laughs> I guess that would be sideways. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So yeah. So he's, uh, he's doing that and that's going to, that kind of sets the stage for the, the whole movie is full of that kind of discomfort. Yeah. And so we see like it, it keeps flipping between him and the, the funeral, the uh, veiled person is like obviously looking off in the distance and he, uh, the hunter hears something moves towards a barn where he thinks the sound is coming from that's whenever the the soundtrack really gets going and we've got all kinds of mouth bops and knife (laughs) knife sharpening noises and someone's dragging their thumbnail over the hard uh plastic comb bristles yeah yeah it's it's really fun foley stuff yeah good times yeah and uh he makes it into the barn uh sees a something and then that scene is over yeah. And then it's time to learn about Sordico of the genus Perseps. Yeah, we cut to a uh, like a goofy, like the kind of movie you would watch in school where they in science where they'd whip out this ancient 1960s video or I mean movie about whatever. This one is about um, a fake, not an actual fungus called Sordico mm-hmm. um, and or per, a Perdiceps fungus, which is also not a real thing. Yeah, it's a stand-in for ergoism or ergodism. I don't know. I've always said ergot, but I have no idea. And that's yeah. kind of 
a lot of people think that ergot was ergot fungus, uh, which grows on rye, was responsible for, in large part, for the Salem witch trials because it, people who ate it, it, it essentially has LSD in it. So yeah, that used to be like they made a LSD out of it until they realized that kills you. Yeah, yeah, it has it has some mildly toxic qualities. Yeah. <laughs> Slightly, <laughs> just a little, <laughs> just a little poisonous. Yeah, and it, 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 all of the stuff in here, so all of the stuff about Sordico is just a stand-in for, for ergotism, uh, and it's, you know, like, uh, there's two kinds, and one of them gives you, um, uh, uh, like, convulsions, and the other one uh, gives you gangrene. Yeah. So, great stuff. Good stuff, and if you, if you uh, are consuming it long enough, you uh, have a very good chance of essentially going completely insane. Yeah, and if uh, on that note, what else could one eat regularly to probably go insane? Yeah, grain. Yeah. <laughs> oh, grain? Grain? Oh no, yeah, yeah. I meant I meant human flesh. Oh, right, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's some cannibalism in here. No, it's cannibalism. But don't be don't be alarmed. You really don't know that there actually is cannibalism until like an hour into the movie. Up until that point, you just strongly suspect there's cannibalism. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So she's she's obviously some sort of student of of this stuff, uh, and uh, it's they don't really imply it. But you know, if you put two and two together, you can assume that maybe she's out there, kind of trying to research this a little bit. Maybe yeah. there was a, a Sordico outbreak of some sort in this area. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then in the meantime, we discover that um, the guy that she's with, uh, Sam, I believe his character's mm-hmm. name is. Uh, Sam and Riley. Sam and Riley, that's right. Sam is reading from a script. Damn it, Jim, give me a fucking chance. Yes, he is trying out to play Bones on Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it just says it over. Damn it, damn it, Jim, give me... Yeah. Give me a fucking damn, damn it, Jim. Damn it, Jim. I've got a purpose. God damn it, Jim. <laughs> it's so awkward. Over and over again. It's so weird. And he's reciting these lines in a dingy gas station bathroom. Yeah, that was great. He's in there. Yeah. Someone bangs on the door or, or storms in or whatever and startles him. Yep. So they they take off and they go, they're driving like through the wilderness essentially woods yep wooded area he's still reading this script and you know she's she's we hear more about god's plague the the sortico fungus and yep all of a sudden they what's that oh no i was just gonna say including there's a line in there um that goes this is called the purpolia stage which creates its spores in a honeydew and then it cuts off and i guess that's the reason that this movie is called honeydew yeah it's it's uh you know, but yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> so as the, as they're driving, they, they essentially pass gummo on a bike. <laughs> yeah. The shitty bicycle kid. The shitty bicycle kid who, when you see his face later, looks like he's about 90. Yeah. But yeah. anyways, there's some kid on a bike real weird. And he, he stares at them. They're, uh, they're driving a turbo sob, of course. <laughs> yeah. Because Cause, you do. Cause <laughs> I called them sob knobs. Well, she is a vegan, and he's watching his cholesterol. Yeah, and they're in their twenties. <laughs> yeah, so we learn. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they're they're you know they're obviously they're kind of spooked. He tries to get out and and ask the kid for directions or whatever, and that goes nowhere. And uh, so they drive off. 
and yep. uh you know she they they go out into some field and at some point and she's kind of like purposep perpetrating i don't know what she's doing she's like checking the grain for purposep i guess yeah yeah she's she's super into it uh looking at looking at these uh ears of wheat Mm -hmm. yeah and uh he uh he starts sharpening a stick with a pocket knife that has something written on it yeah he's got a personally engraved knife and he is really bad at whittling a stick to a point yeah, furthering your, the evidence of your assumption that they are, in fact, a knob. Yes, yes. Yeah. And then he launch, put, just puts the stick in the fire because I think he realizes he's much too stupid to carve it into <laughs> anything. Damn it, Jim. And we get all the weird soundtrack, and we see the embers from the fire, and, yep. you know, just just goofy, like, strange sounds and all this stuff. And then suddenly they're tent-fucking. Yep, yep, they are they are doing the the sweaty with the net. That's right. Yep. Making the beast with two backs. Yep. And uh and then they're done with that very mm-hmm. quickly. That uh, very this... dispassionate humping that they had just had. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. And then they're back to their thing where he's reciting his lines and she's reading about stuff and she says, You hate me, and he says, It's fine. And then they decide that they're both distracted. And this is to get us to connect with them. They're a, a young, attractive couple with, like, some issues. Yeah. They're yeah. annoying. Yeah. 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 And, and she calls him fat. <laughs> I know. It's like, it's, it's like, a, it's like a callback to, uh, <laughs> to don't look back. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It is. It is. It's because it, he has like a little bit of fat above his butt and next to his side. Yeah, he has three fat cells somewhere yeah. on his body, and she has located them. Yeah, and we find out that uh, she made him go on a diet, um, and like, oh, but what about this thing? And he's all sad about diet stuff. Yeah, she's horrible. <laughs> And yeah. so is he. He's the yeah. worst. Yeah, he's keeping like a, a like hostess or something in his pocket, and it's like been in there so long that it's no longer one solid dessert. It's just a dessert mush, and he pulls it out and plays with it while he's on the toilet multiple times over the course of this movie. It's just like a it's like a bag of like brown <laughs> brown food coloring mixed with vegetable oil or something. Yeah, yeah. It's like it was once a ho ho, but now it's a oh no. <laughs> It's a no no. <laughs> it's a no ho. <laughs> oh, disgusting! Uh, um, so, uh, so they hear the sound of of a vehicle, and, and yep. uh, this this quad runner shows up. It's got the headlights directly on their tent, of course, so they can't yep. see anything. And, and turns uh, turns turns out they're on quad guy's property. Yeah, he says you're on my property, and uh, Riley handles it, not Sam. Sam just. Uh, <laughs> tries to be offensive she makes him shut up and then handles the whole situation on her own yeah he's hiding in the tent you don't even hear from him for most of the interaction like he's yeah like he's so too scared to even comment or something yep but then we find out that the guy owns like you know i don't know what he said 50 acres or 500 Five, acres 500 acres <laughs> yeah so he basically owns everything yeah his name is ulis <laughs> ulis what a great name great name uh. And then they hear these creepy sounds of somebody running away and you kind of see 
kind of in a cut shot, you know, the blur, kind of a blur of someone running away, which you assume is the, probably the kid. And um, oh, I didn't think that it was the kid. Yeah, that makes sense, I guess. Yeah, it's just a quick cut, really. And the, basically, they're like, you know, well, can we do we have to pack up our stuff? And he says, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you might try might be something further north. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So they're like further north. OK, great. And so they, they pack up, they get back in their car, but the car is broken. Wow. And in fact, on that note, yes, that's when the soundtrack gets silly and makes womp womp and bop and nandas and stuff like that <laughs> while they're like all not having a good time. All not going anywhere. Yeah. So then they hike through the woods. Like, well, the car is broken, so let us abandon the roads. Yeah, let 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 us by no means follow a road that would take us to town. Yeah, let's yeah. cut through the woods in total darkness. Yeah, uh, where they they come across a spot that has uh, motion activated lights and a bear trap that has. Uh, been sprung and has like a gross little piece of animal stuck in it yeah yeah another another uh version of the same kind of a completely formless animal-like residue yeah. that was that the hunter had earlier yeah exactly yeah it looks like it could be the same exact animal that he yeah. like put that away by putting it in a sprung bear trap yeah it's like what the fuck is this yeah um so they notice uh well she notices the lights of a house through the trees and makes fun of him for being uh, shitty at stuff and then they go to the house they ring the doorbell, which it turns out is a long-form doorbell that yeah. chimes an entire hymn. <laughs> yeah, that was a was an Amazing Grace, I think. It just goes yeah. on and on and on. Yeah, like an entire Amazing Grace doorbell track MP3. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that was so weird. And yeah. then they 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 it's they smell doesn't somebody say what's that smell before yeah, the, sam yeah. is hungry he wants yeah. some red meat and he what's says that what's that smell we see a old lady who's like a, uh, an adorable old grandma like lady who's like humming to herself a little absent-mindedly and we see inside that she's cooking meat and she comes to the door and just is immediately smitten with sam and just stares at him while completely ignoring Riley, who is trying to talk business. Yeah. <laughs> Gives them one of the creepiest smiles in cinema history. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, that's pretty great. She's yeah. clearly insane. And and by the way, she and Euless have uh, just absolutely amazing Massachusetts accents. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's real good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, we find out her name is Karen and that, uh, she will, she doesn't think that, um, AAA is the right thing. So instead she's going to call her neighbor, Pete, who will get over here and help them jump their car and get on their way. Uh, she makes lots of little self-soothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Little head bubbles. Uh, I also put a note that there's in the room is the world's worst furnace. Yeah. Um, it's just obviously leaking and like pouring boiling water into the air. I don't know. It's, the it's steamy dead. shaking radiator that looks like it's going to explode at any moment. Yeah, it's it's terrible. <laughs> yeah. So very much like you've already got the Texas Chainsaw Massacre vibe from this weird house out in the middle of nowhere and this 
this fucked up family with old people in it. Yeah. You're already like going down that road. And then there's this, there's this huge dude, this bizarre looking bandaged beast watching Popeye, like black and white staticky Popeye on this horrible television. Yeah. It's like, it's like one of those uh, 13 inch screen televisions from back in the day where it weighs about 50 pounds and takes up half the table. (laughs) Yeah. All that for this terrible picture. And he's got his face wrapped like a, a old school person with a toothache. Yeah. 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 It's, it's so weird looking. And he yeah. just, he's, he's of course just horrible and strange. Yeah. And, and, and wet. Wet, nonverbal. Yeah. Has glasses like that are just catastrophically too big. Yeah. And is uh, dunking lemon wedges in sugar and eating them. Oh, God. <laughs> so gross so good <laughs> and then you know, we see that karen is is you know as she's talking and being her weird giggly self she mm-hmm. you notice she keeps that one oven glove on for like about 10 minutes mm-hmm. yep. never takes it off it's got duct tape on it it's just yep. gross it, it wasn't that also what she was wearing when she made the phone call to quote unquote pete yeah i think so yeah. Yeah, Pete, we got a couple kids here. Yeah. <laughs> Part of the thing is there is they were like, uh, and and uh what did he say? And she was like, You listen? They were like, No, Pete. And she was like, Oh, oh, oh yes, right. <laughs> oh yeah. Pete. Pete. <laughs> well, it won't be more than Good thirty. One. Won't be more than thirty minutes, maybe forty five. He is getting on. I don't know why she. I just made her sound like she's from Georgia, but there yeah, you go. It's fine. She's a better actress than you. <laughs> God, no shit. <sighs> um, we see another one of those goofy split shots where the camp, you know, yep. stylized where the the kind of the split comes from the top, and then it's half this, half that. Yeah, and that's always accompanied by the knife sharpening sound. Yeah, and uh, and brass instrumentation. <laughs> so um, weird. Yeah. And uh, let's see, uh, Riley asks her about the Sordico and then gets really, really excited when, uh, oh, wait, no, no, that's after Sam uh, asked to go to the restroom. Yeah, and we see his brown mush package. Yeah, yeah. And, and whenever he asked to go to the restroom, Riley got super pissed. She was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why would you go to the restroom? Yeah, how dare you leave me alone with these people? Jesus fucking but, then we uh, see K- Karen's finger. Yeah, she's got gross uh, black-tipped fingers. Just like the movie Hansel and Gretel, and obviously a reference to sort of fungal infection. Oh, I didn't know Hansel and Gretel had that going on in it. Yeah, the, the witch in Hansel and Gretel has black-tipped fingers. They're really disgusting. That's a sick old-school reference, bro. No, it's from the movie, <laughs> the recent movie. Oh, fuck. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which was surprisingly pretty good. Oh, well, would we be reviewing that? Probably, maybe not. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind covering that one. That was fun. Oh, okay. To me, it looked like she had frostbite on her fingers. I was like, yeah, well, that doesn't look like what they're talking about. But I am a terrible doctor. Yeah, yeah. It, it looked really, dis- there's something really disgusting about when human flesh turns black and shiny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kind of purplish almost. Yeah, it's got a good sheen going on there. But we find out that the uh, the the giant is named. They call him. They call him Goonie. Yeah, he's uh, Goonie is the one that's watching Popeye. He also has a uh, the tape recorder that we saw earlier. He's listening to a xylophone cover of Oh Holy Night on it. 
yeah, these people love their Christmas songs. Yeah. <laughs> she he drinks milk through through a rubber tube in a glass milk bottle. Yeah. Not even a fun silly straw, just like an old chemistry set tube. It's so gross. Um, and uh she says, Oh, she's so cringy at times. He may look like a chunky monkey now, but he used to come in at an even four hundred. <laughs> And yes, his name is Goonie. She also calls him Goon Buggy. Yes, yes, she does. Yeah. She tells a little bit about how he got kicked in the face by a bull. That's why he's all bandaged up. And he hasn't been the same. Yeah, hasn't been the same, which, yeah, yeah geez. Yeah. He's all shakety and gurglesome. <laughs> yeah. It's real gross. He does a great job. <laughs> yeah, and then he has he has hit the first of his n- numerous fits. Yep. And and that's when we get the first hint that like there's like psychic unwellness has an effect on technology. So like his fits and and a few other things, like when like it's uh it messes up the tape recorder, it messes up the TV. It's very strange. Yeah, it is strange, and and really doesn't have anything to do with the story. It's just creepy, no, it doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> unsettling. <laughs> so Sam at this point is back at the table. He bites his finger and. It bleeds, which apparently is important, but really isn't at all. Yeah, he he bites his finger so hard that it bleeds and some sneaks out uh, onto the plate. And that's whenever she comes into the room and says, tea? (laughs) And snaps a Polaroid photo of them at that moment. (laughs) Weird, bright flash. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's very strange. Uh, Later, uh, and then... um, she shows them to the bedroom down in the basement, which I thought I thought the tea photo step thing was hilarious. And then it's followed up with this, where uh, she's explaining that that Goonie sometimes falls asleep even in the middle of conversations. And Riley says, like a narcoleptic. And she goes, nope. <laughs> I know. It's so strange. <laughs> I love that. Nope. Karen just, nope. <laughs> Uh, so she takes them down to the basement, which is Goonie's bedroom, but she's going to keep him upstairs with her. And there's like wads of dried up lemon rinds and uh, <laughs> empty little milk jugs everywhere. And the world's worst TV. Ah, just a terrible, like an ancient Sony Trinitron. Yeah, and it, it's not a, I don't know, It did you notice that each channel, like to get a different channel was a different button, so it wasn't yep. like the up and down channel buttons, it was each channel was its own button? Yeah, my, I, we used to have that TV, or one very close to it, that's why I recognized it. Oh, okay, did it have that? Was that what it was, is each yeah. channel was its own button? Yeah, and then the inside there was a little, a little uh, like door that you could like a little hinged plastic door that you could pop open, kind of like a battery hinge on the back of a keyboard or something. Mm-hmm. And then inside there were these little dials where you could dial in to try to fine tune the station. Oh, that's super neat. I didn't yeah. know that. That's, that's cool. awesome. Yeah, so we that's... had that TV for a long time. So that's like right in between the uh, channel dial knob and, you know, regular remote control business. Yeah, and I think it would have been for like UF, UHF channels because uh, I think those are the ones. Those are the like twenty six and thirty nine, and back then those frequencies were a little bit harder to get in, so you'd have to kind of dial them in to fine tune them. Yeah, that's where you'd get your uh, uh, like local bro- uh, what is it um, local, okay, access. local access. Yeah, 
which is thing that they're watching. Yes. I put I put a note. What the fuck is that TV show? It was horrible. He's just it's just some guy singing directly into the camera. Really bad songs. Yeah, it's it horrible. Yeah. Um, so it looks like she's had a shower because she's all bundled up in her towel. Yeah. Like they kind of cut to later. The Karens left them down to their, you know, in the room. And Riley's sitting on the bed reading about Purposeps. Yeah. And uh, we can hear the shower running. And uh, it cuts to Sam in the shower jerking it. Yep. Having, a, having himself a little time by himself. Because, you know, I've often found that when I get lost in the woods mm-hmm. and uh, find myself at the home of uh, an insane, like, anachronistic nightmare family, yep. that I often feel the need to go jerk off somewhere. Yeah. Well, it, it it I think we do have to pack up beca- back up because we forgot to mention that they ate a meal upstairs. Oh, that's right. They did eat a meal. They ate a meal. There was this whole thing where she went into a full explanation of her husband's diet, uh, and they ended up eating, like, green beans and corn on the cob and uh, all of this stuff uh, that was going on. We also get the explanation that Riley is a, a like, doctoral student that's doing her studies on the uh, Percocets or whatever it's called mm-hmm. and uh, and asks if that has affected you guys over here. And she was like, oh, yes, we were the biggest farm in the county before. Yeah. Yeah. Now they have to trade vegetables for meat with the neighbor. That's right. Yeah. Vegetables for meat. And so while, uh, while, while uh, Sam is jerking it in the shower, Riley finds uh <laughs> finds a cupcake yeah. next to her bed and eats it <laughs> yeah, yeah why not yeah just a loose cupcake yeah she just eats some random cupcake that she found wadded up in a napkin that's not gross <laughs> not at all nothing that happens in this house is gross and uh and right at about that time sam comes out of the uh shower in full refractory period and um <laughs> Sees her eating a cupcake and I guess gets mad. We don't really know what happens there. I guess he's mad because she's eating a cupcake. Yeah, he won't. He won't. He won't even speak to her. Yeah, he's which so happens weird. a lot in this movie. There's a whole lot of people saying something to someone that no response comes. Yeah, I mean, yeah. just 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 to be clear, uh, Sam and Riley, and but mostly Sam, but also Riley are total fucking douchebags. Yeah, they're horrible people. Not so great. Not horrible in the uh, Texas Chainsaw family sense, but no. just in a, in a in a much less interesting way. Yeah, more more shitty at life, and are you know will probably get better if they're allowed to live another ten years. <laughs> yes, very very self absorbed, young, uninteresting, very impressed with themselves. Yes, entitled. You know, you know the person. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, the way that we found out about her her uh, studies was uh, she was like, so a purpose apps? And then she just like launched into a whole thing about how she's studying all of this stuff and was like, so, it, the only moment in this whole movie where she's enthusiastic about anything. Yeah, no yeah. kidding. <sighs> so Sam goes good. upstairs. Yes. You know, basically. And uh, for a little midnight snack. Oh yeah, but we and then but we also get a cut to Karen crying 
and uh, hugging a garment, basically. Yeah, she's like upstairs, and and um, and what's her face? Uh, Riley can hear it. She so like while Riley's in the basement by herself, she can hear everything that's going on up above her, and is like very concerned with it. And yeah, we see Karen like crying into some piece of cloth. Yeah. Yeah. And, and now we're, you know, there, there's a lot of these weird cuts and jumps and yeah, uh, lots so, of blum, blum, yeah, lots of that. <laughs> so Sam is now in the kitchen. He's he's snooping around in the uh, in the dark, but he's snooping around in the refrigerator to find something to eat. He <laughs> we all know where it, what he's going for. He's going to eat the meat. And, and uh, like, two trays of desserts. Yeah, he goes pretty much ape shit. Yeah. And has, like, an, an orgasmic eating experience. Yeah, he, like, takes two bites of the steak and then has to rest his head on the table. <laughs> and while he's resting his head, because I thought he had been drugged and passed out, Yeah, uh, Goonie shows up. Yeah, and... Goonie is all of a sudden just standing in the corner staring at him. Yeah, it's very scary. Shows up, sits at the table, turns the table, uh, the TV towards himself, mm-hmm. grunts, yeah. and Sam decides he's going to make small talk. <laughs> yep. So he's telling him about his diet. Oh, I don't eat any meat, no salt, no complex carbs, no, you know, just on and on. Like, because it's clear that Goonie cares. Yeah. Did you know they put butane in chicken nuggets? <laughs> so ridiculous. Yeah. It's like, no chicken nuggets. <laughs> Maybe <sighs> so, and they're delicious. Yeah, and uh, while uh, while he's saying all of this, Goonie is slowly having himself a conniption. Uh, he uh, slams the table and tries to say something. It sounds like he says, "Does my talk?" Yeah, I thought he was saying, "That's my dog," and that we were going to find out later that they were eating the dog or something. But that yeah. was not. That's not what he was saying. No, uh, and then he has an entire seizure. Uh, that makes the TV go off and Sam just sits there <laughs> kind of mid-eat watching watching this huge man have a seizure. Does nothing, just waits for it to be over. And his eye bleeds. Yeah, yeah. Blood starts oozing out of his eyeball, one eyeball socket. And then we just <sighs> cut to Sam asleep at the table. Yep. Goonies gone, black and white cartoons on. Yeah, Betty Boop now. Betty Boop, that's right. And yep. uh, he, Riley hears some some very loud banging upstairs. Yeah, and she is still just wearing a towel. Like, yeah, I don't know. You are in some strange person's house. I don't. Maybe they only have the one set of clothes, but I would think you know have a clothing. Yeah. So but. she stands up. She's she's it appears as though she's been drugged from the from the cupcake yeah there's uh there's kind of the gas hazy thing going on on the screen and she you can see her get a little lightheaded and wobbly yeah she's she's been drugged or fungus or something of the sort yeah it's among us yeah it's a fungus among us and then we see the the flag on the tv at half staff that was a nice touch yep yep oh yeah that's playing the national anthem because you know the end of the broadcast yeah um and she is convinced that it's Sam. She tells him that it's not funny. And she if he doesn't stop, she's going to break up with him. And she pulls out his pocket knife. And then the scene is over. Yeah, because she thinks she hears the shower going, right? And she goes yeah. in there, but he's not in there. 
Yeah, there's a whole bunch of like that shower is just always on. <laughs> yeah, this is very strange. Yeah. <laughs> so then we yeah. cut back to Sam. She's got his knife at this point. So yeah, and then we cut back to Sam sleeping at the table. The food is gone. So yeah. someone has cleaned the table off. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, before we can get any further with that, we cut to the kid, <laughs> the bike kid. <laughs> oh, 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 okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, am I missing something? Uh, where I uh, I thought then we cut to Sam's dream, which is yeah starts with that bike kid in the barn. He's oh, like yeah, sitting right. in the barn on his bike, and you hear like weird voice sounds and stuff. And then you see K- Sam eating like gummy bears and cake and yeah. like it is, it is chocolate just a, syrup or something. It's a huge tray that all desserts have been up like poured out of <laughs> things yeah. onto and so it's just a huge mess of formless dessert food that he's like puttying around with. He's he's got like some sort of strange leader hosen thing. Yeah, it's it's a clown pants. It's oversized yeah. clown pants. He's wearing a shirt with no sleeves and a silly uh, uh, clip on tie and a weird hat. <laughs> uh, and and all of this stuff is going on. All sorts of different characters from the movie are in it in alternative versions of themselves. And someone tells him that they found a lump in his tum tum. <laughs> That's right. He's like, oh, no, that explains why I don't have an appetite. <laughs> and then he's like on the ground and you can see his uh, his uh, his midriff is looks like it's been chewed up by a huge beast. Yeah, it looks disgusting. Yeah, it's great. Probably the goriest thing in the whole movie. Yeah, it's a very strange and, and pretty good, pretty good version of like a silly dream. Yeah. But but like silly, but weirdly creepy at the same time. Yeah, yeah. I liked. There's a part where uh, Goonie, uh, the guy that plays Goonie, pokes his head up out of the floor and just asks to like wash his windows or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's it's real weird. And uh, he wakes up. Or I don't know. Was there any other details from the dream? I think that's it. Uh, yeah, yeah. He wakes up and then it appears as though he's been drugged or fungused in some way. Yep. Because he's acting all, blah, 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 blah. yeah. And for some reason, Riley is is in the shower again. Yeah, he goes back down to the basement, and the shower's on, and he assumes that Riley's in the shower, and so he just starts reading lines from his script. Yeah, yeah. And he calls to her in the shower. Nothing. She's yeah. not there. He can't find her. Can't find her upstairs. No Riley. And so he he starts searching around the house looking for Karen, creeps into Karen's bedroom. He doesn't yeah, find time, her. Time to break the cardinal horror movie role, uh, sin of, of going upstairs in a house you have no business going upstairs in. Yep. There's a weird scene where we see the sock that she was wearing earlier. Earlier she caught her sock on a nail while cleaning up milk. And mm-hmm. then we see that sock with the hole in it for yeah. some reason. <laughs> yeah, it's very important that we it, see that. Yeah. And uh, he he can't find Karen. He can't find Goonie. He can't find his wife. He he hears a noise and goes looking. He finds a one of those uh, deep fridges in I guess the garage or something, and it has like hair on top that's just kind of blowing around. That was gross. Yeah. Uh, he almost opens it, but then all of a sudden car lights are happening, and he goes and he sees a truck and. Goonie is sitting in the passenger seat of a pickup truck and no one's in the driver's seat. Yeah. 
that's yeah. another odd moment. Yeah, it's very strange. It's like, Goonie, what are you doing? <laughs> What's yeah, going on, buddy? Trying to appeal to Goonie. Of course, that goes nowhere. Yeah. And at this point, we are an hour into the movie. Yeah. Um, and we still really don't know. There's definitely strong vibes of, you know, like cannibal or at least crazy country people. But you don't really know at this point. Yeah. But don't worry, it's about to change very fast. <laughs> yeah, it's about to go from crazy to crazy. Yeah. Uh, so he hears a sound out by the barn. There's the soundtrack going, so we can't hear what he's hearing. He goes to investigate. He calls 911 when you can see there's almost zero battery, and the person answers with 911. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> very strange. Strange and completely disaffected, which is always great. Yeah. Uh, and so he tries to tell the dispatcher that his girlfriend disappeared. He doesn't know the address. And then the battery dies. And so he's like dismayed now, which I wanted to note that that house had electricity and they are two young people with cell phones and other devices. They would have plugged them in. They already knew that their batteries were running low and young people are obsessed with plugging in their shit. I know. It was ridiculous. But, you know, it's movies. They have to do that. Horror movies, right. you can't just have working phones everywhere. No. But he also knew that there was a working phone inside the house, which he did not use also. He did not. That's correct. <laughs> so then uh, he discovers that it, it, deeper in the barn, and he hears like old music playing, mm-hmm. kind of like old style music. And he, there's a lamp and, and, you know, kind of as you get to see the whole scene, it's it's kind of like a room set up basically on the floor of the barn. Yep. And behind him on the little couch or chair or whatever, Karen is sitting there, but he doesn't see her. He doesn't see her sitting right the fuck there holding what looks like a turkey baster caulk gun. <laughs> With a gargantuan needle on it. Yeah. <laughs> so he looks over and he sees the tape player that's playing this music and he says, Oh, that's a tape player. <laughs> and while he's doing that, she she jumps up and she gives him a shot in the back. Yeah, Karen attacks and gives him, uh, <laughs> bastes his ass with that thing. <laughs> uh, that was yeah. that was a good scene. Yeah, she she's great because even even whenever she's like hiding in plain sight and he just walks past not noticing her, she's still like just being a cute little old lady looking at something like she's. Not gonna harm anyone. <laughs> Just doddering on this the <laughs> jab. Yep. <laughs> so then we hear the recording of the little girl reading the Bible again, and we start getting little bits of us of the scene, like like little zoomed in shots of different things going on. It looks like a like late night outdoor picnic is going on. Um, and then we we can see Riley has an oxygen mask on her, and it's all like full of condensation, and she's all sweaty, and it's gross. Yeah, it is. It's really it's very moist. Yeah, and uh, right around the time that I uh, put made the note, oh shit, is when uh, we see that Riley and Sam are tied back to back on top of a huge post in the barnyard. And they're like, uh, they're holding hands behind, you know, each of them with their hands behind their back towards each other. And uh, that's like, yeah, super fucked up. Yeah, it's messed up. I think they're like, aren't they duct taped to the thing or something? They're, they're duct taped to the thing and to each other. And they both have oxygen masks on. 
I guess they don't know that it's very easy to get duct tape and oxygen masks off of yourself. <laughs> yeah. But they are also drugged uh, probably from the cupcakes. That's true. They are. They, they are extremely groggy. Yeah. Um, we see uh, Ulysses walk up to the table where uh, Goonie is and gets himself. Uh, he tucks uh, tucks a huge napkin into his shirt, even though he's like still just wearing overalls and it's disgusting. <laughs> and the dirtiest uh, shirt ever. Yeah, his one shirt. And uh, it's apparently time for Eatsies. He's getting himself some some food from all the different plates. Uh, Karen drags a stool across the entire yard, <laughs> puts it up to the table, and then looks at Ulysses and says, don't get up. <laughs> that was so great. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah. She, uh, she chugs an entire glass of, like, very water-heavy lemonade and picks food out of her teeth. <laughs> yep. Oh, Ulysses lights his pipe and then Karen gives this freaky religion speech. Yeah. But only after she starts coughing and choking and tells Ulysses to cut it out with the pipe. Oh, that's right. <laughs> She's like, cut it out with that. And so he just leans further away from her. <laughs> oh, yeah. And she puts it. Yeah. She puts that huge toolbox up on the picnic table. Yeah. And yep. then she's she's basically giving this this bizarre speech about God and and uh, you know, but it's too too Sam and Riley. Lots of things about like mercy and stuff like that. It's very uh, if you've ever read Flannery O'Connor, it's very strong uh, Flannery O'Connor vibes. Nice little yeah. Southern Gothic action going. Yeah, on. Yeah, little like yeah stuff about like mercy and grace and a bunch of nonsense while you know limbs be not had. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> then she tells the story of Goonie and how he was that hunter that we saw at the beginning of the movie and uh, how now they're eating his ass. Yeah. Now that we're done with his bottom, we yeah. got to take from the top. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> they so they ate his ass. And now they, they you see that the reason that the bandage is on his face is because there's a chunk missing out of his cheek. Yeah, the tender it's, cheek. Yeah, and it doesn't look like they like shaved off some meat. It looks like they just bit chunks out. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's it's a uh, it's terrifying. And that so that so so for for lit people, you've got Flannery O'Connor vibes, and then now you've got uh, Voltaire's Candide vibes going on with the eating of ass cheeks. <laughs> That's right. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with that, where they just have eaten his ass. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's like a delectable part of the uh, human anatomy they've discovered the hard way. Yeah, they they she pats on the big table that's also been on the uh, or on the, the big box that's on the table. It says, you've probably been wondering what the heck is in this thing. <laughs> yeah, because that's number one on their mind. <laughs> yeah, that's what they were worried about when they were tied to a top of a post. <laughs> And hearing this lady talking about eating Goonies' ass. God, Jesus Christ. Uh, so they open it up. They open up the box. And uh, this is our daughter, daughter, Delilah. Delilah. Yep. And it's Lena Dunham. Lena Dunham, armless, legless, in a weird-looking truncated teddy bear suit or something. Y yeah. I think it's supposed to look way cooler than it does. Oh, maybe because it doesn't look very scary or convincing. It just 
No. It doesn't. <laughs> it's she super just, ineffective. She just looked like the worst teddy bear ever. Yeah. And she's like completely camping it up, rolling her eyes back in her head and making all these choking. She's basically trying to do the goony thing, but it's just not, it's just not working. Yeah. She's not delivering on the goods. Yeah. She sucks. Yeah. I, I made the note. She makes gross gurgle sounds. Is this supposed to look creepy? Yeah. It just, I, I that kind of took me out of it. Yep. Cause the rest of it is ex- <laughs> just excessively creepy. Yeah. And uh, she's talking about her daughter and she's like poking around at her and she says, I'm honing in on breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> we find out that she is uh she's given them just about everything over the years and is a true model of self-sacrifice <laughs> uh and then she starts uh she Euless brings over some of the meat that's been sizzling on the barbecue and uh karen starts feeding it to delilah and she's you know like doing that old lady thing where you pretend you're saying the words that the pet is saying and says feed me that boy's sweet rear end and she turns towards uh riley and sam and says we'll see how you compare to old buggy boy (laughs) well don't forget she's she's cutting off chunks of this disgusting meat and dipping it into lemonade that's right she dips the meat into lemonade before feeding it to lena dunham who cannot chew food apparently and she makes that horrible face that people make when they they give food to a baby and the baby opens its mouth so then they open their mouth yeah she was doing (laughs) so disgusting barbara kingsley rocks this movie she's fantastic yeah at this we see that for some reason now sam and riley are no longer holding hands (laughs) they're like ugh gross (laughs) we've got more important things to worry about yeah and so while lena dunham is choking on food grandma is over here saying things like she's like where the hell has this been all my life and and she also says oh mama mia (laughs) so cringy and horrible and fantastic she's amazing i wonder how much of that was in the script and how much of that was her just riffing just yeah this is how i talk to my grandchildren That lady's great. Yeah. So they put Lena Dunham back in the box in a very prolonged scene that includes uh, them closing the lid of the box, but then opening a hatch to just peek at her for a while. Yeah, it's got like a little window in the box. Yeah, it's very strange. The inside of the box is like lined with pages of the Bible and like uh, hymns. Yeah, like hymn, like hymn uh, music, like sheet music and stuff. Yeah, it's crazy. We find out that they still want to have grandchildren and that apparently Goonie has failed to impregnate Delilah. And that's why she was so keen on Sam's arrival. Um, she then starts talking about how Ulysses was the vet and did all their procedures. And you see him pull out lobotomy tools and walk over there and start playing around with Sam's eyelids. Yeah, Bright eyes and sweet smiles. Yep. Uh, we find out that Goonie was lobotomized. They instruct Goonie to turn up the oxygen on their masks, which he does. So then they're getting even more groggy. And uh, and there's this whole like build up to the the lobotomy occurring that lasts like three minutes. 
yeah. of just like pure build up and like elongated just holy crap is it going to happen and that's the scene that i was likening to hard candy and that's the scene that like wrecked my shit like so much anxiety and not able to handle it yeah it's pretty intense yeah yeah <laughs> uh and then all of a sudden a uh, uh, police car is there yep so, hello deus ex machina yeah uh so that 911 call apparently got tracked down and uh a police policeman shows up not on the scene that would be an extra person they didn't have one of those go on mm-hmm. uh, and so they get told to not make any noise or they'll also kill riley yeah and we see that granny puts one of the uh uh, no country for old men style cow stunners in her sleeve. That's uh, right. That was a callback to earlier in the movie where we saw that if cows get the fucking fungus disease that you have to put them down with one of those. Yeah. And she's, yeah, he says uh, one more squeak and she'll pop him right between the peepers. <laughs> That's right. With her bolt gun. Yeah. Euless is amazing. He really is. Um, and then, then Ulysses goes away, and it's just Riley and Sam and uh, and uh, Goonie, and they continue to not scream, even though no one is there watching them. But what they do instead is they instruct Goonie to take their masks off and untie them with the knife. Yeah, they're like begging him to get to free them. Yeah, and they're like just barely conscious, like slobbery talk. Yeah. Yep. And so Goonie does. He takes the masks off their face and starts to uncut, uh, uh, like cut the duct tape off of them with the knife, and uh, and then gets up, climbs up, and pulls down uh, Riley and starts carrying her away. Right around the time that uh, Karen and Ulysses get back from making the police officer feel like nothing is the matter. Yeah. I just couldn't help but wonder <laughs> how it's possible to walk around and and even climb stairs and carry a person if your butt has been eaten. <laughs> I know he he's for considering that his butt has been eaten, he certainly spends a lot of time sitting on it. Yeah, he he doesn't slide out of the chair and he can carry an entire another human being as he jogs lightly through the forest. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um there's a whole one of those scenes, you know, like in cop movies where the gun is on the floor and both people go for it. But with yeah. this one, it is a drugged Sam and a very, very old Karen. And they are both trying to go for the knife, both trying to go for the knife. And then then it just I got a little lost at this, like right after they go straight for the knife, like suddenly she's whistling to him. Mm-hmm. And he's on the ground bleeding. So, I mean, I guess the implication is she got the knife and stabbed him. Yeah, yeah. She got the knife and stabbed him, and uh, she's worried about his stab wound. She even, like, pulls up the shirt to look at it because, you know, you don't want to ruin that sweet, sweet uh, sack of meat and also semen. That's right. That, that meat factory. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so that all goes on. And then we see that uh, Goonie is carrying Riley through fields and forests while uh, that Oh Holy Night song is playing. And it is 
the most fantastic scene in this movie because it's so triumphant. He's just like bearing her away to safety while xylophone Oh Holy Night is playing. <laughs> it's so great. It's awesome. But then he gets trapped in a bear trap. He gets caught in the bear trap and Karen arrives with the bolt gun. Yep. Yeah, it's the same bear trap from earlier that had a little scrap of of creature in it because like even the lights come up. I guess maybe it's not the same one. Maybe they just have that rigged up all over the place. Yeah, yeah, could be. Um, but yeah, she comes out and is is sad, like crying because she has to put him down. But yeah, she uh, she bolt, puts a bolt through his head, and uh, what? Um, Karen's like backing, kind of crawling away. Yeah, Karen's uh, or no, um, Riley's crawling. I mean, Riley, away. sorry. Yeah, and so it looks like she's probably not going to make it, but you never know, maybe. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, it's back to the horrible bicycle kid, who it's is day uh, now. Yeah, it's day, and he's throwing away hubcaps into the world's worst landfill. The world's worst landfill, full of parts of their truck, yeah. Riley and Sam's truck, like just 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 random parts, as if they. Implication is that he's somehow disposed of the entire truck. Part by part. <laughs> yeah. But I yeah. guess maybe just the visible parts. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You could also repaint it, but yeah. You know. And by landfill, it's just like a ditch and the only garbage in it is from their truck. He's yeah. just decided this is where I will dump it. It just looks like an area that's eroded away, basically. Yeah. And uh, he pulls out Sam's pocket knife and starts very shittily whittling the, a stick into a point. Yeah, the the whittling skills in this movie are very poor. Yeah, no one is good at whittling. Not Both a bunch of whittlers. Nor the country boy. <laughs> and then we see, we go back to the, the house and we see Ulysses is building something. We don't know what. We see the fridge from earlier that had the hair, the mm-hmm. loose pieces of hair on it. Uh, we see Karen is cooking meat and baking bread. And then we see Riley is at the table bandaged up the way that Goonie was before, except her bandages have are on both cheeks mm-hmm. and she is watching Popeye on the giant TV and eating lemon wedges that were dipped in sugar. And she looks pregnant. Oh, you're right. I didn't even think of that. You're yeah. right. Totes preg balls. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we see the uh, Polaroid of them from whenever Karen decried tea. (laughs) Yep. And uh, Karen goes downstairs after cooking with two plates of food, making uh, just returning to normal with her like little hunched over posture and making little. (laughs) So great. Amazing. Downstairs, the same guy from the local Access TV is now, instead of singing horrible songs, he's like reading horrible lines from, I guess, a book that he wrote or something. Yeah. Like one line I wrote down is, I don't know, I said, stop asking me so many questions for cripes sake. Cripes sake. Yeah. Karen says it's lunchtime and begins to feed Sam, who also is all cheek bandaged and gazing off absently into the middle distance she tries to feed him spinach uh, which he won't eat and i put the note uh that i still do not understand why people cook spinach because that's disgusting and raw spinach is the only way to eat spinach and what the fuck is wrong with society 
like, yeah, that's that's your takeaway from yeah, this movie. From this movie, what the fuck is wrong with people? Why do they eat spinach that way? Correct. Correct. <laughs> But uh, he doesn't want to eat the spinach, and uh, so she switches, and we we see Lena Dunham is also on the bed with him. Now uh, she's still in her weird little teddy bear getup. Now it's a little bit more effective because you can more fully see that her arms and legs are just stumps. Yeah, but it's still not very impressive. It doesn't look great. No, it kind of goofy. Yeah, feeds her. She does the same choking thing as before. A gross split screen between Riley and Sam, where Sam is like, he's, yeah, he's, got, he's got food stuck in his mustache. So it's like the bottom half of his face and the top half of, of Riley's face just kind of blindly, like, seems knowingly, like, like more alert looking kind of to me. Who, Riley? Yeah. I think it's just because she has those bright uh, bright blue eyes, and they didn't try to make her look gross. They were like, well, we still want her to look pretty. This is a movie, after all. Yeah, that's Where, true. Whereas with him, they were like, let's make him look as gross as possible. Let's put food in his mustache. Yeah. So it's like, the, this, is, this is the fate that has befallen these two idiots. Yeah. Yeah, and there's this whole thing with her like trying to make him gurgle out words so that he can have his goodies before his veggies. That's right. There's this very weird shot that starts panning down his body and we can like see that the the tips of his legs are missing because he's also wearing one of those like teddy bear costumes. Mm-hmm. But it the the panning down <laughs> takes so long that it almost feels like his legs are just really long (laughs) and don't have feet (laughs) yeah but yeah it's it's weird and then uh and then she takes their teddy bear costumes off and fucks them together yeah they have an even even less passionate uh fuck from earlier in the movie when he's uh, having willful sex with with riley yeah yeah so she she just like She's saying sweet little granny things to them while while fucking one of them onto the other one and even like talking about God stuff. Uh, yeah. yeah, that this is all somehow this is all keeping with God's plan. All this crazy shit. Yeah. Has nothing to do with Sordico poisoning. No. <laughs> nope. And so we just know that that's going on. It returns us to Euless building something in the backyard, and the bicycle kid is back at his little shitty ravine, um, and he hears a car pull over and put on its emergency lights, and then just the words, honeydew, show up on the screen. And that movie is over. Yeah, cycle begins again. Yeah. So, Jesus Christ... Yeah, it's batshit. It is. It is all over all kinds of batshit. Super uncomfortable at a lot of points too. I thought the uh, the girl in the box and then fucking them together reminded me of a basket case. Believe it or not, I know it's 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 funny the the analogs that you see between the, the movies when you're actually really paying attention. Yeah. Yeah, there there are lots of lots of things in this, uh, but I mean, it was uh, not always enjoyable to watch for me. A, a lot of things gave me intense anxiety, but it was it was a really good movie. 
It was definitely well made for sure. Yeah. I mean, the cinematography is great. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of tricks and and you know, kind of I guess maybe some critics felt gimmicks, but I think that he was he's you know he's trying to go for a style and he's trying to establish himself as a first time director and leave an impression. And I and I and I think this movie definitely does that. Absolutely, and and. I mean, I, I could see, I could see the argument that it's like gimmicks or whatever, but I really feel like what he was, well, I feel like what he did was he achieved effects. There were a lot of effects that were achieved through the creative choices that he made. Mm -hmm. um, and I think he did it on purpose, but there were also a lot of holes. Um, some of the things felt like red herrings, other things, not, not important, not purposeful. But I think that's just me having not spent enough time thinking about it because it really does feel like he did it all with purpose. Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, I think so. I mean, he was definitely going for an aesthetic. I mean, he knows what he was doing. You know, it didn't. It never felt like you know, you know this guy has no idea how to kind of get these ideas out. There's there's a ton of craziness going on on screen, and he does a very good job of. You know, I mean, you certainly get the impression it's willful. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's great. I, I do think I, I will stand by my thing that it's part about um, doubting your senses because there's like so much of that in there and the purposeful keep away of what people are even hearing in the movie with the soundtrack is just like such a specific thing that it's it's yeah, it was great. Faux show. Yeah. I also, uh, strong vibes of you're not supposed to eat the flesh of creatures. Like we shouldn't be eating living beings. Yeah, you could say that. I mean, it was, it was, yeah. Well, I mean, it certainly didn't make it look appealing. Yeah. Well, I mean, at, to be fair, I did leave that movie wishing I could have steak right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think, I think part of what he was going for was, you know, um, the way that the meat industry treats animals like the the mistreatment of the living bodies of creatures that will become food and our creepy potentially creepy relationship with food and stuff mm -hmm. i think that was all involved i could be wrong but i felt like that was what he was maybe going for with some could be things. do you think that he was do you think that the breeding the intention of the breeding was just to have more meat well i do think that they were crazy so I would assume that it is more meat, but also like that whole, you know, like having babies is the Lord's way. Yeah, there was this kind of, particularly in obviously in Karen, uh, this weird familiar familial drive. Yeah, they loved Delilah. That was their daughter. I guess it was probably like Delilah's baby clothes that she was crying over or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, but that didn't prevent them from eating her. No. But that was that's some sort of almost like a sacrament. Yeah. Yeah. You know, some sort of, you know, like almost a ri not ritualistic, but because the crops had gone weird and everything, you know, that they were they were blessed with this alternate form of of sustenance all tied into their, you know, fungus addled perception of or misperception of uh, the situation that they were in. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. It's very strange. It's weird because, you know, they, they ate Delilah like legs and arms, but then with, with Goonie, they just ate his ass and then his face. Yeah. I, I, that's, that was kind of strange. I mean, 
I guess the question was like, how long had they kept him there? But he looked, I mean, his hair was longer. He looked different. Well, yeah. And yeah, he looked different. It, it felt like he'd been there a while. And uh, she had mentioned his weight being different. Yeah. He used to, he used to weigh in at a, at a solid 400 and now he doesn't, but it, it, I don't know. It just seemed, I guess, I guess he, they couldn't really have it be that they ate his legs because then he wouldn't be able to run away with Riley. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, I still don't think it would work if they ate the ass. Yeah, he he seemed, yeah, for for a guy that was pretty heavily bandaged for us for a relatively, at least to the wounds he was sustaining, relatively small injury. The uh, you you would assume his entire ass would be covered in bandages that were like <laughs> several feet thick or something. Yeah, and especially like when we showed, like when they first got there, like that lady was always cooking meat, skirt steak going on constantly, and it's like that. That's not that's not but. That's not just like fat, but that's, that's the meat. That's the muscle. So yeah. That was coming from somewhere. I don't know. I yeah. Don't know. Who knows? I guess, I guess they store the, the extra meat in that standalone freezer. Yeah. That we never see the contents of the, the funeral. I forget who the funeral, do they even say who the funeral's for? I don't think they ever told us who the funeral was for. Yeah. I guess something else, probably something happening off screen. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it, it, it's good. There are things in it that are frustrating, but yeah, it's good. I hadn't thought about it being the kid that was running around uh, in the woods. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also like whenever they were in, down in the basement, they heard stuff. And I thought that would have, it seemed like there was like some sort of leather face type situation going on. Like the, the wild family member that just never actually manifested. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was hard to say, like, who who was the kid? He was obviously complicit in some way. Yeah, I think that's the neighbor that they give vegetables for in exchange for meat. Okay, that makes sense. But I don't know how he even does it. It seemed like maybe he, like, what, does he have a device that cuts off GPS signals? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's it's very strange. There are a lot of things that were very strange in this movie. But it was, it was... Uh, completely enjoyable. Yeah, I mean it was uh it it was pretty pretty good for a first feature. It was definitely watchable. Um yep. it's very strange. It's it's very dark humor. You know, it's it's uh all in all not totally original, but at the same time kind of an interesting spin with the fungus thing. Yep. Uh they could have gone further with that. I mean, it didn't even technically need to be that big of a focus, but you know, I mean, I think as a as a first time feature, you know, he's still probably learning his chops when it comes to screenwriting and stuff. And yeah, if and he I, improves, I mean, he'll probably be able to tell an even more more kind of cogent story. You know, I think maybe the fungus thing was possibly playing in because I mean, the whole thing is about food. The whole movie is about food. Yeah, I think it was playing into the ethical sourcing of our food. Like part of it is to make you afraid of what's in your food, true, or, yeah. or what your food is made out of. Yeah. So I think that was part of it. But yeah, it, it felt like more of a setup and not a follow through. Yeah. Yeah. But it was good. Um, I I have given this movie a three point out uh, three out of five stars. Or yeah, stars. Yeah, that's uh yeah, that's 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 a reasonable reasonable rating. I, I think I'm after thinking about it a little bit, I think I'll probably go with a three on this one. Okay. Um, I enjoyed it. 
and uh, I would have liked to have seen it kind of take it in a more original place. I mean, there's we've mentioned briefly the the kind of the movement in in France that was you know that nobody who made any of the movies probably associated with, but it was called the new some guy dubbed it the New French Extremity. Mm-hmm. I think it was a movie critic. So of course, most of the directors that are lumped in don't like that. But um, <laughs> you know, it's an easy way to kind of reference a, a group of films. But anyways, there's one in there that has kind of a similar premise where these people get you know they're traveling and they you know we've we've all seen a million of these movies, but they they're traveling and they get kind of lost out in the country and they get taken in by these kind of podunk people who turn out to be you know pretty pretty disgusting and scary and have all kinds of weird rituals and ideas about stuff you know minus the fungal infection causing them to go mad and or the the cannibalism was involved i can't remember the name of the film but anyways it was kind of reminiscent of that and that film was obviously influenced by texas chainsaw massacre i mean that movie was a game changer really yeah and i will say to this movie's credit it did keep you guessing i mean you got strong suspicions that what was going to happen was going to happen, but you, it didn't confirm it. It really left you hanging for a long time and gave uh, a sense of like general unease. Like there were times where it even could have gone the other way where it could have been like high tension, where it turns out that the person that's staying at the house could have been the crazy murder person or whatever. Yeah. I think he did a good job of not giving everything away and with, you know, in a story full of hints that lead you in, in, possible directions it, it's not really clear until it's clear yeah and it, so that when it is when it is revealed it's effective and even if you i think even if you had anticipated which i you know I mean, yeah. it's obviously that's one of the possibilities and it's probably a strong one that what actually ends up happening but once you get that payoff it's still it's still effective oh yeah no it's it like yeah it makes you wait for the reveal and then the reveal is pretty spectacular and uncomfortable <laughs> Yeah, and the performances pretty much all around are 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 very good. I mean, Barbara Kingsley is amazing. Yeah, there. I mean, there's just no two ways around it. She's fantastic. She's like a force of nature all on her own. Oh yeah, no, she 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 carried the full weight of this movie. I mean, the other actors did a great job of portraying their characters, but this movie could have been a horrible time if that character wasn't performed as splendidly as she did it. Absolutely. She's definitely the centerpiece. If she didn't work, I mean, you could have gotten a lot of different actors to kind of do the Goonie role or God knows you could have replaced Lena Dunham with anyone. Um, <laughs> Stop. Uh, Spielberg and uh, Lynn Barr, play, who plays Riley, both did a fine job, but they their job was to basically portray people that we all know, maybe yep. even facets of ourselves. I mean, you know, they, they they're playing the straight role, kind of anchoring it in reality. And then everyone else's job is to just kind of veer it off into lunacy. Yeah. Um, but like, for instance, a character like Ulyss is obviously not a nice dude, but he's, he's a pretty cut and dry character. I mean, you don't, I mean, there's almost something supernaturally strange about Barbara Kingsley. You don't get that from Ulyss. He's just kind of your run of the mill lunatic. Yeah. I wouldn't, I don't know what made Barbara Kingsley's role so good is that it's the kind of lady that's like, oh, okay, this isn't the scary house to go into because she's just a nice, sweet lady. Yeah. And and I guarantee you, you talk to the director of this film, he's going to tell you that, you know, the second they did that, they got her and, you know, spent two seconds talking to her. They had to know, okay, this lady's going to make this entire movie. Yeah. Yeah. And also bicycle kid, the, the, 
horrible like what if every child from children of the corn was all like mushed into one actor <laughs> gumofo yeah he he did a good job too it's a shame because you know it's it's a shame i guess in the sense that you know horror films never really get the kind of respect that they deserve um but at the same time horror films don't really give a fuck they just kind of they do their own thing that's the beauty of it yep uh so you know you're not going to see barbara kingsley get best actress award you know, at the Oscars for this shit, but she's just as deserving as anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. Not even a nomination. Yeah. I mean, she's acting, she's acting her balls off in this movie, (laughs) totally kicking ass and chewing up everything. (laughs) So, I mean, she, and she, she just gives you the impression that they must've had a blast with her. Oh yeah. Yeah. That is a good point. You, you brought up the fact that, uh, like, I wonder how much of it is scripted. Like, yeah, I could I, I I could see it like all being scripted and her just delivering or also they just like let her run with it. Yeah, because she's got this combination of somebody who obviously has a, you know, a great personality as a, as a person and is able to incorporate that into this role and just kind of let that kind of part of who she actually is come out, but filtered through this absolute lunatic. Yep. <laughs> So yes, there, there's there's a lot to recommend about this movie. It's going to make a lot of people uncomfortable, and I know that from what I've read, a lot of people don't like the pacing. They find it to be either too slow or too strange or too this or too that. And I mean, it's it's a it's an out there film, and that's the it's meant to be you know kind of hallucinatory and off offsetting, and uh, it 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 effect, it's effective at that. At that. Yeah, yeah, he it definitely experiments with a lot of different things, and I feel like on a lot of it, it delivers. It it's it is not the greatest, but it is really good. It's uh, it's a solid entry into horror cinema. It's solid entry into horror cinema, and if you consider that, you know, as we've mentioned before, we're kind of living in a time where you've got these horror auteurs that are making names for themselves right now. Um, you know, making some of the more arty kind of intellectually minded films like Midsummer and Witch and, you know, Lighthouse and stuff like that. Um, This movie probably won't be included in, in that, that kind of lineup. But if, if this movie had been taken, I mean, had been released at a different time period when it wasn't maybe surrounded by more almost highbrow horror fare, you know, this movie probably would have gotten a lot more attention. Yeah. Um, As being bonkers, because it is. But, you know, I mean, think about a movie like Texas Chainsaw. I remember when I was a kid and I used to hear about it all the time. And I was I was so young that it just terrified me, the idea of even seeing it. And somebody had seen it, some friend of mine, and was trying to explain it to me. And I remember it just freaking me out, just the thought of it. And then when I saw it, you know, I always heard how extreme it was and this and that. And then when I watched it, I was surprised how watchable it was, even though there are moments and there are stretches of the film that are unbelievably uncomfortable mm-hmm. um but at the same time it's it's a great movie it's really well made and that was something that nobody had really told me you know like yeah it's it's scary or it's extreme or this or that that's all that stuff's fine but it's actually really fun to watch yeah. and uh you know that's that's something that that Devereaux definitely went for in this film was to try to make something that was entertaining to watch. And he, I think he totally pulled that off. Yeah. Yeah. As, as solid of a contribution to the horror genre, it's a, I would say it's probably an even bigger deal to the subgenre of like domestic cannibalism movies. Yeah. Which I, I'm not an expert on. I, it's not really my 
my niche, but it seems like from what I've seen, it, it's a, a pretty interesting take on that subgenre. Yeah, and and the tying into the fungal thing, I would have liked to see more of that. I love uh, when films are able to effectively incorporate weird elements of nature that are actually feasible, but do it in a way that's very unsettling. It's kind of hard, and a lot of people will try to do it. It doesn't really work, but yeah. he does a pretty good job of it. Yeah, it's no the happening. No, yeah, <laughs> I mean we can't all be the happening, yeah. the crappening. <laughs> From both of us, that's a six out of ten. That's uh, four times better than Intersect. Yeah, no kidding. So, so I kind of it, it's weird because sorry, but I, I was just going to say I, no, go for it. I almost feel like the movie deserves a higher rating, but at the same time, I think that it. I, I think the the director has a much better film in him, even though this isn't a bad movie. I just think that the director has a really good movie in him. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, I'm, I'm excited to see what he does next. I hope it doesn't take like seven years for that to come around. Cause yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to see what, uh, having already gone through the entire making a, a, a feature film experience, what he'll be able to do with those, uh, experiences and skills moving forward. He, he knows what he's after and he's, he knows how to, you know, get a certain look and get good performances and all that stuff. I think he needs to tighten up his, his scripts a little bit. Yeah. Um, says the guy who never wrote one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we are here. We're representing the people that watch movies. This yeah. Is, you know, we're we're coming at it from the angle of, you know, not the not the like circuit of uh, South by Southwest and and other film festivals. This is like, oh, it came to where I can watch it now. This is yeah. I watch it. Yeah. 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 Like, so yeah, I guess my thing is, did I, did I enjoy it? Absolutely. Was it fun to watch? Yes. It didn't completely, you know, kick my ass. Um, and it didn't particularly capture too much of my imagination. I mean, the part that really got my attention was the fungus thing more than anything. Cause the yeah. rest I I've seen before. Yep. The, yeah. The fungus was the real unique twist. I've even seen, you know, lots of movies where, as we all have, where there's that one standout character that just carries the whole thing. We've all seen that. Yeah, it certainly it, made it, but yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. The The fungus is memorable. I mean, her performance is memorable. That that was a lot of the reasoning for mine, too, is it's, uh, it's not the kind of movie that's I'm going to be thinking about for a really long time. Yeah, because there's nothing really to think about. Yeah, it was an experience that you had. You know, watching it a second time where like all of everything is taken away from it. It's like, oh, OK, I can see the the bones of this movie now. But, yeah. you know, it is it is a it is a movie where that first watch is a full experience and is worth having. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. It was fun. It's a nut. It's a nutcase movie. Yep. So that was Honeydew. Six out of ten. Yes. Um, and uh, hit us up on Twitter at Loathsome Pod or Facebook at Loathsome Things and tell us how we were wrong about this movie and how it was either much better or much worse than what we said it was. We are easy to find online. We're, we're uh, at, on Twitter, Facebook. I forget the names. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Loath, Loathsome Pod and Loathsome Things because we couldn't get the same one on both platforms. That's right. Yeah, you, you can also Google Loathsome Things podcast, which will get you to us. But if you just Google Loathsome Things, you will probably not get us. You'll probably learn about the clan. Yeah. Yes, unfortunately. <laughs> so hit us up. Um, we, we love to we'd love to hear from you guys. And uh, we 
we like to talk horror, not just with each other, but with other folks as well. So uh, we'd love to hear from you. Yep, absolutely. And uh, I guess I guess that's all. So we can say goodbye now. Okay. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>